Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So, let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Lorianne Rising. And I'm Mark Olmstead. Our guest today didn't have a stable beginning, but has found a way to reach and expand his potential despite the odds. He says, not everybody can run fast, but everybody has their own gifts and inherent journey in them. And actualizing those gifts and that journey is the hallmark of a truly successful life. In this episode, we're also making a couple of small changes to our weekly program. We hope you'll enjoy. So stay tuned for some very special segments later on in the show. Stephen Benedict's occupations are sprinting, human optimization, and inspiring value in others' lives. He's an Olympic qualifier and winner of prestigious invitationals nationwide. When not training or assisting others in reaching their potential, he speaks on men's leadership, social-emotional learning, and human performance, and has been featured in ESPN Magazine, Men's Fitness, and Men's Health. Benedict's path to success is all the more remarkable given his abusive childhood, a variety of unpredictable living conditions, and eventually the foster care system. Benedict is now a champion of foster care and adoption. Watch for his national program, Fostering Success, which restores hope, encourages growth, and opposes the abandonment mindset of foster children by providing genuine guidance, opportunities for sports and arts, and a strong voice for advocacy and systematic reform. Welcome, Welcome, Stephen. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I appreciate the platform in order to just speak and um, just share about some important topics happening. Absolutely. And you know, we understand you've you've overcome quite a bit, and there was you know hints of it in your bio there. But we're wondering if you could share a little bit more about your story, just in your own words. Yeah, sure, definitely, without a doubt. I, you know, that's been the the catalyst in which things have really been developing for me, and the space in which I'm really moving into and and making an impact and moving the needle on. Uh, you know, it hasn't been has been an easy journey. It's been a roller coaster of a ride, but, you know, I feel like it's definitely been a colorful aspect of who I am and where I've come from. Um, you know, with that said, you know, I was, I was put into foster care at four months um, due to neglect and uh, just an unstable situation. And then I was put back into my mother's hands not too long after that. Uh, my brother was born. We're two and a half years apart. Uh, and at that time, we were living in and out of motel rooms, very unstable situation, not being protected or provided for. My mother was dating another guy at that time who really sought fit to just pretty much beat up on us and lay his hands on us whenever it was feasible for him to let out his frustration and emotions and things like that. Um, you know, This went on for quite a while until my grandparents found out about it and they stepped in and they took us in for, for a short period of time, but them being elderly, you know, taking care of two toddlers was unfeasible and not sustainable for them. So we went back into foster care for another five, six years. Um, We moved up and down the East coast. 
uh, in and out of foster homes until we landed into a semi-permanent home for the last three years of our experience through the system. And we were blessed enough to be adopted by two great individuals. My mother was a second grade teacher and my father was fought in the Vietnam War. He was a Marine and then went on to work for Merrill Lynch on the New York Stock Exchange. Their dynamic was uh, super impactful for us. You know, my mother was very bold and very um, protective of us and um, just involved in everything in our development. And then my father was kind of like the joy of life. You know, he was very laid back and just, you know, um, you know, just uh, was a happy-go-lucky guy and just uh, and, and enjoyed every single day of life. And they exposed us to so many different things, opened our eyes up to a new a new life of just education and sports and music and art, um, uh, just giving us really a second chance at life. And kind of fast forwarding things a little bit, uh, you know, our kind of second blow at life came when, you know, in our early 20s when my mother was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer and we wound up uh, losing her within her year of bone marrow cancer and her fight with that, it was very hard to watch the strongest woman in our life to deteriorate to pretty much nothing. Um, but her character really just stood steadfast throughout the whole thing. And, you know, the, the epitome of strength and what she left us with. And then, um, you know, not too long after that, about three and a half years, four years after that, my father was visiting his brother down in Florida uh, on a retirement home where they drive golf carts and ultimately he wanted to live and coming home one night uh, they took a wrong turn and he got thrown from the golf cart and he hit his head on the curb in all the really really receptive areas and put him into an irreversible coma um, that after a week of diagnoses and talking to every doctor under the sun um, me being the oldest I had to make the executive decision to take him off of life support based upon his life and and how he lived as a person and who he wouldn't have been if he did come out of the coma, he wouldn't have been the same person. So uh, it was a really tough decision. So it was almost as if our life came full circle at that point, you know, where, you know, we had a, we had a stable situation of home and family and, and love and acceptance for about 10 years. And then it was kind of pulled out from underneath us all over again. And, um, so that post era was a real dark period for me, working through a lot of different things and um, trying to figure out who I was and, and working through emotional aspects of things and, um, you know, just finding my path and finding, um, you know, finding out what my purpose was and, and why all, all this was happening and the, the cards that we, we have been dealt and, you know, what were the cards that didn't serve me anymore? Um, you know, and, and that led to, a lot of different aspects of, you know, me living this elite athlete life, but then also getting into the wrong crowds and, and trying to drown my sorrows and not work through emotional aspects and really digging in on the internal aspects of things um, that really it was like two personalities that one needed to die. Um, and mm. ultimately that happened. And uh, that was, you know, kind of my, my, my faith journey in of walking into where I am now, who I've become now and what my story has become the catalyst and not the crutch of, of what's been going on. So. Right. Wow. Wow. What a journey. That's, that's, that's a lot so, for somebody to 
work through and take, especially at such a young age and the impact on development and worldview. It sounds like landing in a stable home for those 10 years was quite a blessing. How about how old were you when when you landed there when you were adopted? We were, we were adopted at ages of, I was eight and my brother was six. Mm-hmm. So That's you had that 10 years after that and then kind of uh, got to re-experience the whole abandonment feelings again or, or, or whatever the, the, the... What comes up, yes. <laughs> the emotional landing of that experience would have been at that age. Oh, my goodness. So, so basically practicing your resilience skills, it sounds like, uh, or, or developing them or having the opportunity to. Yeah, uh, with... Oh. Yeah, without a doubt, that's that's been... <laughs> That's been a um, a hallmark word for me is uh, resilience, and you know, and everybody has said that, you know, and and, and it's it served me so well, you know, even even though there was a lot of things that obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't wish on anybody, and nobody would really want to go through, but these are all the pieces in which has laid the foundation in order for me to step into the work that I'm doing now. And, and tell yeah. us some more about what that, uh, that work is then. How, how have you translated this experience into a, into a path today? Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's been a, it's been a collaborative of things, not only, you know, the experiences, yes, the experiences I think make up every one of us of, of who we become, but I also believe that it, you know, it's how we, how we use those experiences, how we, you know, filter through them and take what's valuable to us and we don't get sunk in them and we don't let them overwhelm us or saturate us with the negative aspects of things. But, um, you know, between the life experiences and then also my athletic experiences, it has really helped me to become a really well-rounded person and man and, and just keep on pushing in that development of being able to be a leader, um, not only out in the real world, but then, you know, hopefully when I step into a family situation, my own family being able to lead the household and, and, and things like that of, you know, my children that'll come up, you know, but, um, you know, that all of these experiences has are they play a huge role in what I'm I'm doing now still on the track but then off the track you know stepping into the foster care and the adoption space and being an advocate and a voice for change tangible change um, not only at the surface level but all the way up into the congressional level of bill changing and uh, you know just you know, the project then which, you know, that is being launched, it'll be launched in, in March of this year. It's called Fostering Success. And uh, this just, I'm really excited about it because it's, it's even before it's been launched, there's been so much talk about it and people excitement about it. And, um, you know, uh, the values in which I've gone into building the foundation out of this have been not only core values for me, but values in which, I feel that are going to impact families, but impact the system as a whole and where those voids are in the system and what those voids have failed the children up until this point. So, Wow. That, that's a wonderful 
wonderful place to help children and really design a future that works better for everyone. And I'm curious, with everything you have gone through, mental and emotional and physical in many ways, is there either a quote or a mindset or a philosophy you've developed that helped get you through? What would that be? You know, uh, and I think, I think something like that, it, it changes as we grow and, you know, and I think our values change, but the thing that is most important for me right now is just to stay in congruency of who I am and what I believe in and, uh, and, um, just to be patient, you know, patient, persistence, and just staying present for me, you know, staying present in the, in, in the immediate moment, um, knowing that, you know, it's okay to take a peek in the rearview mirror every now and then to, to understand and give yourself a perspective in which, hey, I've come this far and this is where I'm at now, you know, and it's okay to give yourself a pat on the back because, you know, we need that in order to keep moving forward and to progress. So, um, yeah, just, just really being those things persistent in, in, in what I'm approaching. And I know there's going to be a lot of pushback and a lot of tough conversations and just being patient in that area. And then just being present, being present in my conversations with the people that are around me that I, uh, that I trust and, and that, um, that are my advisors and, um, that are also, you know, kind of, um, tan- tangently going along in this journey with me. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, even though that I might be walking at the forefront, you know, they're very valuable. So mm-hmm. now I, I, I like to try to find uh, inspiration and in different things and try not to in- reinvent the wheel. And uh, I've studied a bunch of different things, but I'm curious. I mean, I've never had to deal with the level of, of the, the, the kind of setbacks that obviously you've had multiple exposures to. And so many of us, uh, I think, are going through a lot of challenges these days. Who would you, or are there authors or, or, um, mentors, or mentors or, or someone that, that, that you have uh, experienced along the way that's been helpful? Yeah, uh, I, you know, there, there's a couple of, um, you know, and, and my book reading and my, and my polls from information and self aspects of things and self growth are you know, kind of vast, you know, and all over the place. It's not one particular niche. I mean, you know, it spans from like, you know, Tony Robbins and and spans from um, uh, Scott Scrogan's, you know, who's, you know, has a a great book that I'm reading right now. And then, um, you know, things like, um, you know, my book is out, which has a bunch of people in it that I've pulled from, you know, has a a bunch of different quotes in it that are from really sharp minds that I really appreciate. And then I expand on those, those quotes in my own ways, my own parables in which, in which it's impacted me, but that I've I've also thrown in questions in there. Like, so empowering questions and then also take action questions because I'm a very big, big believer in that the, the better questions we ask ourselves are the better results we get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people in there and, and uh, just, uh, yeah, it's vast. And, and I, I think it's more of a, a self approach aspect for me. And, you know, if something sparks me, then I'll look into it more. Um, you know, the author of the shack is a really big, you know, I, I, I love, 
love him, Paul. He's a great writer. Um, and I love his storytelling and the way he approaches things. So there's a lot of nuances in, in different, in, in different areas. I don't want to say I sit in one space. Nice. So you mentioned your book. What's the title of it and even the inspiration for it? Yeah, my book, uh, my book's called Good Morning Superstar. Um, and it's where intentions are set the tone for to build habits on a daily basis, you know, setting your day for you. And I really believe that, you know, we, we don't take enough time. We don't take enough time to set the tone for our day. And that really begins our kind of personal races on a daily day. Um, on a daily basis, you know, and we're, we're either jumping out of bed, whether we've hit the snooze button on the alarm clock and we're trying to get rushing around in the morning and we're out the door, we grab a little thing to eat, we go to work and then we come home, we have dinner and we go back to bed and we do it all over again. Now that's, uh, you know, that's a very mundane and not kind of uh, life fulfilling aspect of, of living, you know, and I think that we really need to pull back and, and take some time for ourselves and schedule the priorities. And, and I think that, you know, making, you know, ourselves internally a priority, whether it be spiritually, you know, for me, the first thing in the morning I do, I get up early and, you know, I spend time with God and I, you know, get into my own prayer aspects and, you know, just, you know, work on that internal aspect for myself. And then, you know, I'll, I'll do some other uh, um, things, whether it be physically, um, you know, I'll, I'll stretch and, you know, get my body moving. And so I think it's mentally, physically, spiritually, I think all those aspects really need to be put together into our, that exude our existence and um, on the external, if it's put together on our internal. And that's what a lot of the book, you know, is trying to set the basis of, you know, it's a 90 day book, you do a uh, chapter a day, there's a quote, like I said, and then there's a parable. And then there's two questions, a very simple approach. Um, and there's two reasons for that one, you know, our attention spans are really lacking, mm. you know, in everything we do right now. And so that aspect, but I also wanted to be an easy, easy way to just implement something into your schedule that is going to benefit and not take away and feel like a stressor and like, Oh, I missed a day or whatever, or I missed this something very simple, something very easy, whether you put it by your nightstand, it won't take you more than like 10 minutes to go through on a particular day. But the best time of the day is to do is your first 20 minutes when you wake up in the morning, because that's when you're the most absorbent, when you're setting the tone for everything and you're really, your, your mind is, in that molding shaping form. So nice. I love Very it. Cool. I, you talk a lot about the values and the internal integration. And I know that's a lot of what I work with people around as well. So I just so love running into people who are doing the same work because we have, in my opinion, anyway, such a culture that has taught us to focus on the externals to find our feel good, you know, go shopping to get the next thing and you'll feel better go, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so that reorientation to what's inside and being in integrity is just huge. I love that work. Well, now, and I'm curious, okay, so you've got a real good, um, strong morning program. I'm 
I'm kind of on the other side of the scale, having a, a children's book that I'm kind of focused on, on the power of the last few minutes of the day. And I'm wondering if, if you have anything or recommendations or suggestions around that. And, uh, and that's, that's, then I got another question after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely do. You know, and then uh, the children's <laughs> spaces, you know, obviously, you know, the, the next, the next books that are coming out for myself are the children's books. And I'm really excited about those. So, um, but, you know, as far as the, the latter part of your day, you know, I think that that, that, that's almost, that needs to be started hours before then what you really are expecting to be, let's say, wind down and be intentional about going to bed at. So, you know, I try to, you know, I have alarms and stuff set on my phone to just shut off at like eight o'clock, you know, or 745 at night where the phone just shuts off, you know, and it, it unplugs automatically. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shutting off well before that. Um, taking, pulling yourself away from things like the computer and your phones and things like that, all those blue screens and all those things that are keeping your, your internals going at that time um, are one, you know, super beneficial. Um, we need to unplug. We, you know, we need to unplug way before we're expecting to be in bed. And then also, you know, uh, what I like to call kind of, um, you know, the, I guess, emptying of the trash can, which is, you know, your mind, you know, and, um, you know, whatever is important to you or whatever priorities you have that you might want to get done for the next day, empty them out and start writing them on paper, you know, so this way it gives yourself a, a sense of, a sense of ease and a sense of, okay, I, I've I've gotten that set apart, and I already know what I need to do. That's that's already that's already done. So, in in total, you're you're really just trying to empty out as much internally as possible, so that everything is just like you get that sense of stability, you get that sense of of uh, safeness, and that you're prepared. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things is that you know uh, is that the uncertainty of the next day. And the preparation for the next day that we don't feel like we're prepared for the next day is what keeps up uh, us up at night. Well, yeah. and I, exactly. I would, absolutely. Yeah. And also I'd say it also keeps going or, or, or keeps perpetuating our previous limits. If we're not, uh, if we're not challenging those limits and setting new goals or, 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 or maybe even recalling the best moment of this day and focusing on that is, is what I, t- I try to focus on, but that's, that's awesome. But Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to more of our conversation, but we need to take a short break. But before that, we've got a quick favor to ask of our listeners. Would you take a moment, please, just just go for it. Just go for it. Give us a five-star review on your favorite listening platform. Okay, I said it. Okay, just go for it. Let us and future listeners know exactly what you appreciate the most about the show, and we'll keep doing more of it. That's the idea, you know, and just let us know what we can do, and we'll just follow through. Anyway, it only takes a moment, but it would mean so much, and we would really appreciate it. Coming up after the break is a song about this road we're all traveling on. Inspired by life, it's a beautiful reminder that what we do today shapes our lives tomorrow. Stay tuned for Mark's original One Way Road right after this.
us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurieann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit laurieannrising.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Still echoes the words she said before she walked out of my life. Goodbye, goodbye didn't fit in the dream I'd had about asking her to be my wife. I knew she wanted more than we had going when she went off to find it alone. Like the colors of the flowers in our own backyards, gotta live with the seeds that we've sown. Cause whether it's a heartbreak on a Saturday night, working Mind of fool's gold Forgetting how it's all gonna be alright You know we're walking down a one-way road We're all walking down a one-way road I took a ride with a friend of mine Who started talking about his younger years He worked so long in the dark alone Just hiding from childhood fears When he made up his mind to forgive, he could find a release from all the trouble he'd known. And how the colors of the flowers in our own backyards are the gift of the seeds that we've sown. Cause whether it's a heartbreak on a Saturday night, working in a mine of fool's gold, remembering it's all gonna be alright, cause we're walking down a one-way road. We're all walking down a one-way road. The magical mystery journey from history offers a harvest of clues. Knowing I'm here to find love and a peaceful mind, given time in my shoes. Traveling on into the dawn, a treasure to win or lose. With every step, the road is mine to choose. 
Blending our fears and running from tears Till we're lost in a state of denial Somewhere down the line Every traveler finds How he was never really ever alone Every step on the path Has been another seed planted In the garden we're calling our home Where we live with the seeds And we've sown Cause whether it's a heartbreak on a Saturday night Working in the mine of fool's gold Or seeing how it's all gonna be alright You know we're walking down a one-way road Whether it's a heartbreak on a Saturday night Working in the mine of fool's gold Remembering it's all gonna be alright Walking down a one-way road Welcome back. You're listening to Rise and Shine. And that was One Way Road by our very own Mark Olmsted. To download this song or hear samples of additional music from his One Piece at a Time CD, visit truesunbeam.com. So we're back with Stephen Benedict, Olympic qualifying sprinter and human optimization specialist, foster care guru guy uh, we're just Advocate. absolutely yes. loving this conversation and uh, and we were just talking about uh, the possibilities of how we can be integrating and and growing the, uh, the the potential of our kids and perhaps even through the foster care system and I just really appreciate your experience and uh, an application to to help in our future generations and and, and the work you've been doing. Yeah, and you were just talking about the programs that you're setting up there and the direction you're wanting to go with that. And I'm hoping you'll share a little bit more because it just, it sounds so cool what you're doing for kids. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I think the application aspect, I, I am, as an athlete, you know, you have to execute, right? And you can't you can't just go through practice, and you can't just go through the the day to day stuff and just absorb, absorb, absorb. You know, there's there's got to be an execution factor, and that's been a big part for me, and uh, a big part of my growth. And that's why these programs are implemented for the execution, not only as the organization, but for the kids, the families, the, the, the men's spaces that I speak in, um, all of these aspects. So, you know, programs like uh, goal setting and achievement, uh, leadership development programs, um, social emotional learning programs, all of these are, they play in, in tangent with each other. Uh, and it's just, you know, the internal development, as we spoke about earlier, you know, to help them to see a broader perspective of who they are and what they can be and what their potential is. And, you know, and that, you know, there is no limits, you know, and uh, that's just a mindset. And it really depends on the circles in which and the sandboxes in which you're playing in and, and the people you have around you. So um, my hope and my, my projection on this is just, you know, we have facilitators that we're going to have in place, but, I'm going to be firsthand and, and I, I, I'm super, I, I believe wholeheartedly about this is that I'm the first one that needs to be out there and, 
and implementing these programs just to show that I believe in the organization and this is what I stand for. And I, I don't need to be pulling the strings all the time, you know? Uh, so, you know, I'm looking forward to setting up some of these, tra- these wellness trainings within the upcoming months, you know, actually in February and in March, even before the organization launches as a whole, but to just show that we're already moving the needle and, and like, uh, and, I have no problem getting my hands dirty and, and getting involved in and being at the forefront of everything and, and um, just, you know, being on the battleground, so to say, you know, um, you know, these kids, these kids need something and they, they need something to look at and they need something to show them that their own growth and they don't need to look outside as much, but, um, but the internal, those conversations after this, they go all the way back to the home, you know, and what, those conversations look like in the home are super important because everybody has been, you know, with COVID and everything, everybody's been locked down right now. So where, where are they getting their information from? You know, it's gotta be back to square one and that becomes from mom and dad and, uh, and they, they need to be the resources. Um, So it's a whole different other topic, having an open door policy for conversations. I don't know if you're familiar with Bruce Lipton stuff, but he's, uh, he's, uh, done this thing biology of belief on uh, have you have you checked into his stuff yeah i have yeah oh yeah. man is that phenomenal or what yeah so a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff like what like what i'm i'm big on is you know is really pushing in the the aspects of like laying that that fresh soil right mm-hmm. and and laying that fresh soil in order for them for us to plant the proper seeds and and the social emotional learning aspect right now is such a huge space and such a huge and important space, especially with what's going on with COVID and everything else that's going on, that our kids are growing up in a very virtual world, right? They're not, they're not getting the, the relationship aspect in which, may, in which a lot of us have, may have grown up into a more of a family setting and more of a relationship one-on-one and, and understanding that interaction aspect. Now, you know, with schools being closed and everything else and kids being homeschooled, everything on zoom and all those aspects, it's playing a very, very big part in, in how they, uh, their perspective of, of what real life is, um, Mm -hmm. and what, you know, um, and, and the shelter aspect, you know, like they're not exposed. It's an exposure aspect. They're not exposed to diversity. They're not exposed to um, a lot of experiences right now, which, which puts them in a very narrow and, and a kind of pigeonholes them into a, a box almost. And that's what worries me the most about what our next generations are starting to look like, you know, is that yeah. they don't have these worldly experiences. And a lot of the things that are happening out in the world right now, like, you know, you have, you know, the things with riots and, and you know, left and right and all these things. And, and it trickles down to what's being programmed into our kids. Uh, so, like, it, the conversations in the home are the most, imp- are so important right now. Uh, you know, um, I'm pushing to have these programs. I mean, yes, they're, they're, they can be online aspects and we, we built them for online as well. But um, the way I want to launch them is, is to have in-person aspects. And even if it's small groups of like 10 to 20 kids, which I'm setting up a couple of wellness training aspects around uh, Southern LA right now with a couple of other nonprofits that 
I'm friends with and they already know me and my story and just implementing them and getting the sparks with these kids so that they're out of the home base, but they're uh-huh. also getting that one-on-one interaction. And I think that's, that's so important. Well, now, and you mentioned earlier about values. Uh, I'm really an advocate mm-hmm. of how we, we can't spend enough, I think, energy and time and focus on developing values at an early enough age. What would be your, say, top five that you would want to make sure that kids are getting these days? Uh, you know, and I, I think that that's a that's a that's a a personal aspect when you talk about values. You know, so I, I don't think it's it's almost it's almost like you can't you can't just kind of like throw out top yeah. five values to <laughs> kids and be like, hey, these are the most valuable because they're coming from me. So it's a very like biased opinion. So mm-hmm. I. I, I would I would feel more comfortable in laying out values for them and explaining them and see which ones they gravitate towards more because as they grow, their values are going to change because they're going to be impacted by life and circumstances and experience and things like that. So it's a growing aspect. And as we change and which we're changing, you know, we're not the same people as we were two years ago, three years ago. You know, we keep, we keep evolving, we keep changing, we keep, you know, progressing in some areas and some areas fall apart because they're not meant to go on past that. So the value aspect, super important. Yes, it is the, the, the soil in which, you know, we start planting our seeds for the other things to grow. And I think that um, like- they change at, at such an early age, but I would say, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was thinking like like that word resiliency coming up for you being being like a foundational like component of your life, maybe and and something like honesty or whatever. I mean, what is possible if we've got a world filled with, you know, fake news? And, you know, I mean, we just start looking around, I think, around our world today and we can see a reflection of the lack of values that 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 we have allowed into our world i believe and, and it's just it feels to me like w- t- without having those conversations and 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 the conversations at those levels at a, at a time at an age when they'll be appropriate and and influential in a child's subconscious construction you know they won't even know what to look for when you lay them out in front of them you know, it's kind of like, I kind of feel like it's, we've got to, you know, I, I grew up with the idea that, you know, you, you do, you treat others as you would like to be treated. You know, that was, that was a value to me that I got pretty well clarified early on, you know, and I'm, I'm more talking about that, that kind of level of stuff. If, if there's anything that came to mind, I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. And I think, I think that's a great question. And I think it's a very valid question. And, you know, and right off the bat, you know, to be honest with you, some things for me is, you know, is, is things like, you know, yes, resilience, but, you know, I think even before I was like love, trust, empathy, integrity, um, you know, resilience is, is in there. Uh, you know, but I think like some of those things are just, we really need to get, in contact with and, and understand what is actually the core aspect of those and in order to developing relationships within community. Um, so, 
you know, and those things have to start with the self. Like they, they can't just be like, okay, I understand. Let me go out and, and try to implement these, you know? And I think that's where everything, and there's that fine line where we're trying to figure out, oh, okay. You know, people say self-love and they say self-improvement and self-growth and then, and then they start bleeding the lines and then like, you know, they're start because society is telling everybody, well, that's selfish. You know, mm. now you're being selfish. No, it's not being selfish. You're being self-aware and you're taking care of you first because if you can't take care of yourself and your cup isn't full, there's no way you're going to be able to go out and fill other people's cups. And how important is the word modeling in your world? Oh, w- without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, that, that's up there at the top. You know, I, I, I totally believe that. The modeling aspect of being able to portray what you say is super important. You know, you can't like, like, you know, the famous saying that words are cheap and, and they are words are cheap. And it's the same thing as, as I was just speaking about the other day too, is like, it's the same thing that is seed is cheap and soils is expensive. You know? it's, <laughs> soil is the foundation in which you plant everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can yep. throw around a bunch of seeds anywhere. Uh, doesn't mean they're going to grow well, um, you know, I mean, they can land anywhere, but you know, if you're planting them in good soil, which should be our children, um, then they're going to grow and they're going to absorb and you keep watering that and you keep, you keep building that and you, you keep uh, like molding them and, and, and championing them to understand that, you know, they're on the right path. You know, I think we're, we're so, we're so easily want to jump on the wrong and not give them enough of the, the credit before we give them the edits. So, mm. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a great That thing. is a, a really good distinction. Yeah. Oh, man. Definitely. Put the credit before the edit. Oh, <laughs> nice. that is really a jewel. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned uh, earlier that you're, you're really an advocate for the you know, foster and adoption space and the foster care kids, and even at the congressional level at times. And I honestly, I'm not that familiar with the foster care system. And so I'm curious if you'd be willing to share a little bit about maybe what some of the major challenges or changes, you know, you're working on making. Yeah, that that I mean, that's that's what we're that's what we're about. You know, is are those conversations and, and really helping others educate themselves and understanding the process and 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 pulling back the so-called curtain behind what looks sugar-coated and pretty because there is a there is a very ugly side to it and a very broken side to it. Uh, you know, I think for. First and foremost, for this immediate year, you know, one of the things that we're going to be focusing on and every year, which is really dynamic, is at the beginning of every year, is that we're putting together a very prolific think tank of some really sharp minds, whether it be six to seven different people um, contributing to a specific topic. And that is going to be our needle mover for that whole year and what our focus is going to be in order to make an impact in that space. This year, we're going to be talking, uh, really focusing on the, the aspects of kinship care and how many t- 
touches are, are happening on that child before they get to adoption and what's not working, what is working, how the social workers are lacking the skills and the training in order to do their job correctly and efficiently and effectively, um, you know, and, you know, throwing out some resolutions and some, you know, some solutions for a better system and not throwing away millions and millions and millions of dollars and seeing no progress. Like, so just to throw out a number for you, but like last year's numbers for this particular space in which it's moved from almost like, well, putting a kid in foster care is not as beneficial as we thought it would be because it causes trauma and everything. So now we're shifting to shift them and put them into kinship care, which is actually just shifting them from the birth parents to a relative that is in within the same family. Now, the problem is with that is that one, they're still within the same family. They're still cut from the same cloth. So they still may have interactions in which they came from the birth parents. It may seem like a safer environment because it's an easier transition. But what is also happening is that the social workers are, this usually happens in an overnight experience where the parents and the other family are not prepared. And then the social workers feel like they've done their job at that because they feel like they're in, an, in a, a protective environment within the family and they wash their hands of themselves of, of the situation instead of doing follow-up and making sure the kids are being protected, being provided for, um, are you know, well-educated and are in a safe place. So there's a lot of cutoffs that it doesn't, it doesn't correlate. So that number for this program last year was something like $14.6 million with little to no movement in anything of progression. And that's a big problem. That's a, that's a big problem and a lot of money with not a lot of happening. And I'm not okay with that. And um, that's a waste of money. So these are the type of, or we're, this is the type of things that we're going to be attacking and we're going to be approaching and what we're going to stand for, you know, we're, we're, we're really, we're changing the face of what nonprofits do, what they value and what they're supposed to be doing. And you know, really making an impact and, and showing tangible change. Nice. Fantastic. That sounds like you've Excellent. got your work cut out for you, wow. for sure. Are there ways that people can get involved or volunteer or, or help somehow? I mean. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Fostering Success, the website, uh, fosteringsuccess.co is up right now. Um, there's a bunch of different things on there. Uh, the program or the nonprofit as a whole has not been launched as of yet. We're ramping up and building up for the, uh, over the next month or two. Um, but we're always receptive to getting inboxes and people of interest and wanting to come on board and, and be involved in things and, you know, and um, just making sure that they're aligned with the voice of, of what we're doing. And that's super important because, you know, there, there is a screening process and there's a filter and, um, you know, it's not, it's not an easy, this is not an easy walk in the park. You know, it's not, it's not going to be any like regular nonprofit or anything like that. It, it's going to be, it's, it's almost going to be at the level of right underneath Congress. And I mean, we're already, I'm already in contact with 
senators in California, the Foster, Caucus, Foster Care Caucus, they already know who I am. And uh, we've had conversations already. So there's going to be a lot of movement. So the mindset needs to be there, but then also, you know, the learning aspect. And it is a learning curve for everybody. Uh, but, um, you know, always willing to hear from and, and uh, people that are eager to learn and, and, and want to be in the space and are passionate about it. And that's the biggest thing. Have the passion because the passion will, will push you to want to face these tough situations. And, and it's, not, it's not pretty. Wow. Fosteringsuccess.co, not com, C-O, correct? Right, .co, yes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, I am so grateful for the, uh, for whatever values it was that you <clears throat> fostered along the way that, that have inspired the kind of courage that is involved in taking on the deep end of the pool that you are obviously jumping into, man. And that's, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you very much for your courage and your work and your demonstration um, that, uh, that, that more of us can take example from and, and, uh, and, and join with. So it's, uh, this is, this is what we're about is is making sure that people like, like you, are uh, are getting heard and so we're uh we're very much very much glad you're with us here today and and well we we are getting close to the end of our time uh but we do want to make sure that listeners can get in touch with you so do you want them to go straight to the nonprofit website you mentioned or is there a way they can learn about your book and learn more about you as well or, or both uh, yeah, they can, and they can do both. I mean, my I have my stuff as well. My website is stevieb.com, um, Fostering Success. All my stuff is on that website as well. FosteringSuccess.co is another website. The book is on there as well. Um, you know, and the book can be picked up at anywhere you pick up your books. Probably most the easiest for everybody is probably Amazon. Um, and the great thing about the book is that all the proceeds are going to impact foster families and all the proceeds are going to foster families and aging out youth to help them sustain during these times. So um, pick it up, give it a read, you know, um, you know, share it with whoever and uh, mm-hmm. you're also impacting life while you pick it up as well. So and I'm all over social media, too. We're very responsive. Any question and there is no wrong question. So. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. And, and updates. We'll look forward to having you yes. back when we've got more, uh, more to report and, and share and, yeah. and uh, more, more to connect with. Definitely. So well, thank, thank you, you Stephen. Thank very you much. so much for being here. My appreciation. Now it's time for our wow moment with Lorianne when she offers words of wisdom, sharing her intuitive and spiritual mentorship with us by responding to listener comments and questions. I love that we touched on values in this conversation today. It's such an important topic, and yet it's one that is so rarely addressed directly. Now, I talk a lot about values in the work that I do and was asked recently how our emotions can help us understand the values that drive us. Each emotion has a message for us. Each is an indicator of how well we are aligned with our own personal values. Now, I believe that there are no right or wrong values, inherently speaking, but it's more a matter of what is really working for us, and are we creating the results that we really want in our lives? And that means feeling joy and happiness. 
Now, when we do feel joy and happiness, that's an indication that we're in total alignment. For me, I love learning. It's one of my core values. So some of the things that bring me joy are things like taking classes, trying new things, and reading a lot. But while we all do learn from time to time, not everyone holds that learning as a core value. So what brings somebody else joy will be something different. Or maybe it's something similar, but for a totally different reason. Because it's not about what the activity is, it's the why behind it that's really the value. Another example of how our emotions and values are tied together can be seen when anger pops up. Quite often, anger is an indication of when something we value has been broken. So for example, something we can all probably relate to is when we hold the truth highly, even a white lie can feel like a betrayal. Each of us is different, but the more we understand what motivates and drives who we are, the better choices we can make, the more in alignment we can live, and the better our life quality becomes. So I encourage you to understand what your own values are simply by asking yourself, why? What about this experience is creating that happiness? What is upsetting me? Why? Keep asking why, kind of like a two-year-old. Get curious about what it is behind what you're feeling. Form our guided approach or even a list of values that can help you get started with this. Download the alignment quiz from my website at laurianrising.com. And until next time, my friends, keep rising. Thank you, Laurieann, for sharing your wow with us. If you have a question, comment, or concern you'd like to hear addressed on a future wow moment, or you'd like to learn more about Laurieann's mentorship program, visit her website at laurieannrising.com. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-E-R-I-S-I-N-G.com. Thank you. And to our listeners, remember that Mark and I are on a mission to help make the world a better place and to uplift voices that are not typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, innovator, or even a comedian whose perspective and message challenges old paradigms to open hearts and minds, please reach out. We want to support you by helping you be seen and heard by a worldwide audience. Just visit us at riseandshineasone.com to apply to be a guest. And before you go, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your favorite platform. And remember, until next time, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise and shine. Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Sound of the joy, sound of the love, sound of the life. Sound of the joy, sound of the love.